Hi, my name's Sam Breakgate and welcome to Brains Bike Back. The podcast all about everything to do with psychology, technology and our society. With everything that's happened this year, I'm sure for many of us, we can understand what it feels like to be lonely, isolated or even depressed. But sometimes a simple conversation with someone to discuss how we're feeling can make all the difference. Many of us have probably interacted with chatbots, perhaps even without knowing, when interacting with businesses, But what if chatbots were not just designed to help businesses, but also our mental health? That will be the topic of today's show, as we explore how advanced chatbots can provide conversation and psychological assistance for those who need it. To discuss this topic, I'm joined by the founder and CEO of Third Eye Data, a company that leverages artificial intelligence, machine learning and big data technologies to build high value technical solutions for customers worldwide, DJ Das. On this show, we discuss why individuals may prefer a chatbot over a human, how Third Eye Data is working to produce a hybrid system using humans and chatbots together, and what we can expect to see from this technology over the next 10 years. And as always, if you like this episode, then let us know, reach out to us at, at The Sociable on Twitter. Disclosure. This episode contains a client of an Espacio portfolio company. This episode is brought to you by Publicize, a digital PR company that grows businesses' online presence. And for a limited time only, exclusive to Brains Bite Back listeners, you can receive an SEO assessment as part of your package for any tier of service at no extra charge with this special promotion. To find out more, visit publicize.co slash BBB. Our curiosity, what does DJ stand for? Uh, it's a long Indian name, Devot Jyoti, <laughs> but uh, even my Indian friends can't pronounce that Indian name, so I go by DJ. <laughs> That's fair enough. That makes sense. Fantastic. I just had to ask before we started. I was I was very curious to know, but I assumed it would be something along those lines, and I'm kind of grateful for that because I would probably, yeah, make a real mess of it if I had to try and <laughs> pronounce it rather than the initials. But um, yeah. DJ, if if we can get started. Would you be able to tell our listeners who you are and what your role is at Third Eye Data and what the company does, please? Thank you so much, Sam, for having me over. Of course, my company, Third Eye Data, is something that I co-founded uh, in 2009, 2010, along with my wife. So this was literally a garage startup where we both come from technical backgrounds and we kind of realized that the big data deluge is coming and there's a wave that somebody has to get prepared for. We realized that not many companies in the world have even kind of uh, made uh, any plans for handling the big data issues. Uh, we were seeing in the open source community that a lot of new products were getting built out, but they were at a very, very early stage like Hadoop. Uh, being in the Bay Area gave us that insight into what's going to come. So when we thought about starting our own, we both are not business people, we both are technical people, but uh, we kind of thought about taking this plunge and uh, literally from the garage we started this touch wood and everything right now we deliver uh, real world ai solutions at big data scale basically what that means is we come from a big data background we understand ai technologies and we could enable higher value solutions for our customers using both these technologies so ai is not something that is kept in a lab and some scientist is actually working on it without any consequences in the real world and uh, we actually enable that. So all in all, pretty comfortable, pretty confident about where we are today. Uh, global customers, uh, good offices here in the Bay Area and in India. 
and Touchwood, uh, not coming from a business background, might have helped us because we never took a sales or marketing approach. We were just focusing on delivering good quality work. And that's the reason why we actually have so many direct vendors, all big Fortune 500 companies, my direct vendors, without any sales team. So um, I just focused on giving them a good product. <laughs> nice. No, excellent. And to be honest, that, that makes sense because it sounds like something you're passionate about. And when you have a product that sells itself, I mean, I guess you don't really need a, a big sales team or a marketing team. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Do what you love. The rest becomes easy, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And having that like backstory of like coming out of a, a garage basically and working your way up, that's those are always the best stories. And that's what makes like so many of those like uh, entrepreneurs behind like Apple and IBM and all that, I suppose, so inspiring. Yes. Yes. No, like <laughs> we both come from literally villages back in India. Mm. Uh, never seen too much of anything, but had enough, but not too much. So being in the Bay Area, that was uh, something very uh, challenging for both of us that um, we could do this. But yeah, I think the Silicon Valley gives you that support, that gives you that confidence that uh, you can do it no matter where you come from. Um, and we did it. And today we are okay. <laughs> Excellent. That's great to hear. Um, so to get on to one of the main points of our conversation today, AI chatbots. So I would really love to hear more about the work that you're doing surrounding AI chatbots for business. Now, could you give me some examples of projects Third Eye Data has worked on to implement AI chatbots for businesses and what that looks like? Sure, absolutely. Uh, basically, as I was telling you, we implement big data solutions for our customers. And as we went along implementing all these solutions for various customers, uh, we got an ask from the customer saying, okay, you have built this platform, you have built this system, so now everybody can use it. But can we actually extend this so that people can query it? People can actually um, have a chatbot kind of an interface on top so that they can actually get their answers when they're looking for without actually having to log into a dashboard and drill down into the appropriate areas where they are looking for. Instead, they can just ask a simple question to the chatbot and if it could get back to you. So that's how we got started building chatbots for the enterprises. So uh, I have a client, uh, Inter-American Development Bank, based out of Washington, D.C. Uh, so for them, what we did was we built a knowledge management platform where we took all information that was currently public on their website about all the various projects that they have done worldwide, um, the social projects that IDB, the Inter-American Development Bank, works on and funds them. And then we made it available so that anybody could actually ask a chatbot about subject matter experts around certain technologies or certain regions or certain profiles. For example, um, IDB focuses a lot on Central America. Now, let's say you sitting in the New York office, you want to, or Washington DC office, you want to know who was the dude who actually worked on implementing some irrigation related projects in the country of Chile. Uh, typically, what you would normally do is you would uh, ask around, you would look up the company um, directory and then kind of drill and dig through to get that answer. But what we did for them was we built out a chatbot based on the IBM Watson uh, suite of technologies, of AI technologies, where we could just, uh, the user, the employee of the company can just ask the chatbot a question like, show me SMEs on irrigation projects in Chile. And it could actually, in real time, come back to you with a list of uh, uh, 
uh, all the subject matter experts, uh, the SMEs who have actually worked on irrigation projects in the country of Chile and, and kind of around. And this list would also be ranked so that the most relevant person would be on top. Uh, we did a lot of pre-processing on the back end to actually make this happen. Uh, we had to collect a lot of data about every different employee of the company. And it's a very big company spread across the globe. Uh, and then kind of uh, analyze and uh, and keep it pre-processed at some location in the cloud. And then in real time, the chatbot would actually query all the pre-processed data and come back with the answers based on the question that the user has asked. So that's actually what got us started in implementing various uh, chatbots for the enterprises. Right now, we are actually dealing with uh, a lot of other cloud platforms from Amazon and Azure. Azure mainly uh, has been pretty much successful for us. The Azure chatbot framework or the Azure bot framework is what they call it, uh, works pretty well. Uh, but then uh, last year uh, and a half ago, we actually thought of developing our own chatbot platform which was completely based on open source technologies. So we took a kind of um, a path from there where though we knew that Google, Amazon, IBM, Microsoft, they all have their own chatbot platforms, but we wanted to come up with something that was purely open source and give, and gave us that complete control over our chatbot and how they behave and how they kind of respond back to the user queries. Touchwood and everything uh, with various implementations of this chatbot at various customers, both enterprise and consumers. Uh, so that's a good thing about this platform that it can address the needs of an enterprise and can also be on a blog site or something. Uh, we have been getting a lot of traction with this. Uh, and uh, the main reason is that we believe that chatbots have actually reached a next generation. Uh, the older generation chatbots that you normally see are really rule-based. They actually only know what to answer if there is a rule related to the question that the user is asking. Uh, on the other hand, our chatbots are all AI-based chatbots so that they infer based on the question that you're asking. They try and understand what exactly is your question, what's the intent of your question, and what are the various objects that you're mentioning in the question. So using natural language processing technologies, they understand the question, uh, phrase as such, and then uh, do uh, a computation at the back end to uh, identify the appropriate objects and then relate the intent uh, based on the question to those objects and come back with an answer. So that way um, you get a very conversational flow kind of a thing, which is which is a, like a natural human being would talk. And that's what we have come to the market with. And that's what is kind of currently getting deployed at various enterprises and consumers. Excellent. And it, it sounds very complicated. The thing that I find the most interesting is very much like what you said when you said we're dealing with almost a next generation of chatbot here. And I have to say that from my memory, like having spoken with chatbots occasionally for businesses' websites when I need answers, I remember that the kind of process over the past few years, say I, I don't know when they started, but like from my me earliest memories of them, they have grown so much in such a short space of time. And the aspects that you spoke about there of how they become so much smarter, I can imagine that like it's almost a dream of Alan Turing. <laughs> he would be very happy with um, the chatbots that we have today. And uh, I'm sure they'd definitely, they would definitely be a formidable kind of a participant in, an, in a Turing test. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, basically, you know, humans are very chatty. They want to talk for everything. They want to buy something. They want to talk. <laughs> yeah. So that's the nature of a human being, you know. But what we have done in, in today's world 
it's kind of we say okay you want to talk but i'll come back to you later <laughs> you know yeah yeah so yeah you want to talk fill up this form and 24 hours i'll come back to you that's not a dialogue it's a kind of a monologue with a lot of time in between yeah. which is not a good sales process uh, but when the customer is actually or a potential customer is on your website and wants to talk you you got to respond back right then and there but mm-hmm. typically when you have an older version chatbot or an older generation chatbot uh it may not know really all the answers that a potential customer might be asking but an ai enabled chatbot there's a very big chance again not 100% chance but a very big chance that it can actually understand the question that you're asking in real time and can respond back to you in a contextual manner that gives you that gives a potential customer on your website a much higher level of engagement so that the possibility of this customer turning into an actual customer is very high you know so that's the that's what we're targeting towards you must like to talk let's talk to them when they really want to buy definitely and i i'm really hopeful that this takes off because there's nothing i hate more than exactly that it's like fill out your details and we'll get back to you or alternatively when you try and like speak to someone you just get sent to an faqs page and it's like none of these frequently asked questions answer my question or my question is not a frequently asked question ask question yeah yeah, yeah. so it's very frustrating um so again like you mentioned humans are chatty people and i 100 percent agree with that and i think that has been incorporated into online counseling services in recent years because yeah. i know that chat options uh have become an increasing part of online counseling services and I'd be really interested to know, because of course, this is a podcast relating to psychology and technology. And I, I'd yeah. love to see how AI chatbots could impact and ideally benefit our psychology in today's society. So I'd love to yes. know from your perspective, how can AI chatbots assist online counseling services such as these? Yes, good question, actually. So my daughter, um, who is now um, going to join a college, a couple of years ago, she was very much uh, concerned about the state of the immigrants on the southern border of the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, being from California, she wanted to take a role, as most of the Californians were taking a role, and voicing their uh, opinions about how the U.S. government was treating all these immigrants on our borders. Mm-hmm. Uh, so her idea was, she knew that I'm doing some kind of a chatbot technology, but she didn't really understand much. But her idea was, I know I cannot reach these immigrants across the border. Uh, and I know they need help in terms of understanding the their own legal rights. So let me kind of come up with a chatbot with, with the help of my dad's company to um, uh, answer that those questions for them. Maybe uh, that way they can at least understand where they legally stand and the problem is they never have much access to the legal authorities because first of all they can't reach them secondly they're too expensive even mm-hmm. if they can reach it's a kind of a cash 22 situation so uh, she worked on this chatbot she did all the research herself and uh, using some developers from my company she built this chatbot called ramona and what this ramona did was uh, took some um, basic queries from these people and answered their questions and without any marketing as such it started to take off people really started to engage with it because it was a facebook messenger chat it was an android app chat so people mm-hmm. could actually engage with this at different levels and it just started to take off 
uh, we actually at some point of time it was it used to be so sad to see that so many people are clamoring for help uh, and all that they have access to is a chatbot uh, mm. but then what we did was she actually contacted a lot of legal uh, offices in, in Texas region and and gave them this this information that look these are the kind of people who are looking for help and please go and help and that really worked out so that kind of got me thinking as to how such technologies can actually uh, help in every human condition mm. uh, currently with the covid-19 situation and all that we find ourselves very much stuck at home and uh, humans are not kind of prepared to be living in their homes or their caves they want to socialize they want to engage they want to touch they want to talk they want to be with other people that's mm-hmm. how we are psychologically uh, we are just not conditioned to be in a closed area for a extended period of time it is in the bay area what i'm seeing is a lot of depression cases some of my friends have actually complained about that too and all that they really need to do is talk to somebody and who's that somebody though uh everybody is kind of the, in their own caves in their own shells uh thanks to this uh, stay in place order of the california government which i do support this is required mm-hmm. given the coronavirus infections that are going on in the state but uh, from a psychology perspective what it's doing to the psyche of the citizens is a different thing so we thought of actually coming up with a chatbot and we named this chatbot as someone to listen so the website is going to be someone to listen.chat and all that it does is uh you can talk to this chatbot um at any point of time and um uh, the chatbot will respond but again this being a psychological area might be little difficult for a chatbot to answer all the time because mm-hmm. uh, though we do sentiment analysis of the questions and understand what's the mood or the sentiment of this person who's asking the question and try to come back with uh, an appropriate answer but sometimes it's almost impossible to actually connect to a human mind and the line of questioning so we right. also have a feature where you can click on a button and say talk to someone uh talk to your friend and then um it will actually bring in a live person we are actually trying now right to recruit all these people who are regular people like you and me they are not counselors they don't have any professional degrees to actually do counseling or something but regular humans and we have to say that that these are like regular people who just are offering their help to talk to anybody who will approach them over the chatbot so both of them are kind of anonymous to each other we are we also don't know who's who and who's where we just know the geography location because of the internet technologies but we don't show all that but my point is with this i was trying to combine the ai technologies along with a human component where a person who needs to talk to a friend or who wants somebody to listen to can chat with the chatbot but at any point of time if they feel that they really need to talk to a human being they can click on a button and a human will come online and that way they can start engaging with this human they can start talking to this human and then vent it out whatever they have in their mind they can vent it out uh, so that's a public service that we're actually going going with but from a, a psychological perspective just think about it this is a way by which technology can actually bring together humans in a connected but still further away from each other's world hmm. you know so today we are so much more connected because of all these technologies but still each and every one of us are islands among ourselves we are hmm. still very very far away from each other and the technology is what i'm using to again to bring that back in so that's our humble kind of effort to see as to how we could use technologies uh, to help the human psyche and help them to talk to a friend at any point of the time that they would really need somebody to talk to
Yeah, I think that's a really great mission. And I completely <laughs> understand what you mean when you say that. I think that now is a very difficult time for many people because there is such a sense of like physical isolation. And yes. it's interesting because I remember at the start of the quarantine, perhaps it was like back in March yeah. or April, I read a psychology article mm. and it was about a research that had been done. And it said that we crave social interaction uh, the same way we crave yes. food or water. Apparently, we have that same, it's an innate craving within us and it's akin to, to those kind of needs. And apparently, this quarantine has been a, an opportunity for psychologists. I can't remember the exact methodology they used, but it's been an opportunity for them to, to research this. And in, indeed, their findings did find that, yeah, we, it is something that is very much entrenched in the fabric of our DNA to want to socialize and want to be around people. So I think that it comes at a very, Yep. useful time and in addition to that there are still people in the world who are going to feel lonely with or without covid and i certainly think of the older generations yeah. for that i mean maybe the older generations yes. might not be on whatsapp chatting with someone to uh, i suppose <laughs> remedy their loneliness but at the same time it's nice to know that there are people like yourself who are on a mission to help those who are very lonely during these times or even post covid so that's good to know. You also mentioned about how humans are getting involved. So can you explain like what is the extent between like humans on this chatbot and like AI on this chatbot? Because you said that everyday folk like you and I could get involved and like help out and provide some comfort to strangers via this chatbot. When does the AI end and when does the human begin? And it's like, do they tap out? Is it like, all right, I'm done. I'm done an hour of volunteering today. AI chatbot you can take back over or is it a case of like if someone's in an emergency like there's a crisis like someone's perhaps suicidal good question uh, first of all uh, no if somebody is suicidal and we detect uh, the emotion in the conversation to be uh, dangerous we definitely do not proceed forward we want them to actually call 911 we want them to call professionals we want them to take appropriate actions mm -hmm. so that's something that's a complete uh, red line for us we don't cross that so the process is something very simple like this and that is first of all what we do in the back end is what we are currently doing right now is at least in the bay area i'm going to launch this with people that i know about i have kind of done some internal marketing among my friends over facebook and asked them if they would like to volunteer or not and almost everybody said yes we would love to do this because uh, they themselves would need help someday you know so they if they give today they'll get help tomorrow too when they need some mm. some help so i've been kind of I'm trying to recruit uh, my friends and family uh, circles and and happy to say that I've got so many good volunteers coming up now uh, and of course uh, they will have uh, have to download an app on their uh, phone which would um, kind of help them to connect and have a conversation and of course they can switch on and off whenever they are actually available and when they are not available so that way we can direct the conversation to that person whenever that person is available for the conversation um, so from a user perspective what happens is the person starts to convert with an AI chatbot and the AI chatbot what it does is it, it's always actually sensing the sentiment of this person and the kind of questions on the, the person is asking and the kind of responses they are getting they are giving so if at any point of time the chatbot senses that you know what my responses are not getting valid because uh, either this person is uh, acting more, more and more frustrated or uh, the questions that are being asked to me are uh, getting a little bit out of the sequence and kind of 
all that. So it makes an internal decision to say that, okay, maybe I should now propose to this person that if they would like to talk to a real human being or not. And that's mm -hmm. when the human being is brought into the loop. Uh, but there's also an opportunity for the person to directly click on a button that's actually available on the top right side of the chatbot where they can actually talk to a human right now. So they don't even have to get through this whole AI chatbot thing or not. They can directly talk to a human. So however it is, but from an AI perspective, we try and understand uh, the um, how we are doing in that conversation and what kind of uh, sentiments are being uh, are being generated for this person who's actually having that conversation. Based on that analysis, we decide when to introduce a human or not. So from my side, what I really want to know is what's the comfort level of somebody to actually talk to a chatbot or if there is any comfortable or not. Hmm. Uh, I personally, I think this is a good idea because... Uh, sometimes I would rather talk to a chatbot than uh, to a person who might judge me. Uh, mm. I'm not here to judge. I'm just kind of venting myself out. I need to talk. I need to have somebody to listen to. So I don't want somebody to be, to be judging me. And that's what typically what happens when you're talking to your friends. No matter mm. what they say, they will. There's some, there's some way or somehow and somewhere in the mind they are judging you in some way or the other. You know, and that's. That's what I'm trying to see, what the general masses would actually go for. Would they want to uh, prefer having more conversation with the chatbot or they would like to bring in a human ASAP? So let's see. It's still in beta test right now. We are we have just launched very internally. About four people are actually uh, the counselors on this chatbot framework for now. And um, I'm getting random people who are actually my friends, but uh, um, nobody. Nobody knows the other person and I'm mm. seeing as to how it's worked out. I think I'll take about a week or so more to do some more testing before we actually launch this out. That's awesome. And it's funny, I've, n I've never actually thought of it like that, the way you mentioned, like some people might have a preference for speaking with a chatbot versus speaking with a human. My initial thought was, oh, well, people would want to speak with a human almost always because they might have the perception that a chatbot isn't up to their level or basically they're kind of being pushed off onto a chatbot and they're like having an actual human speak to you is like the, I suppose, the gold standard. That's the best level to have. No, no, of course, having a human is always a gold standard. There's nothing that can replace a human being. But um, actually, that's one of the product marketing thing also for me. I, Our chatbots are AI chatbots, and I really want them to mimic a human conversation. And we have done our best, although it's not ready yet, but we have done our best to make sure that the conversation that this chatbot is having is very much human-like. So the person on the other side will not even know the difference till some time that this is actually not a chat. There's not a human being, but a chatbot. So that's actually the goal of the platform that we're building up to have such a contextual human-like conversation that the other person may not really care if it's a human or not. But anyway, from an emotional standpoint of view, I don't know the answer about what exactly people would want. Would they? Would they be? If I if I give them a very human-like chatbot, would they continue talking to the chatbot, or they'll just uh, freak out and just say, "Okay, I just want to talk to a human." I don't know. <laughs> so let's <Yeah>. try. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find yeah, out. We'll find out. <laughs> but I I was thinking just then actually of situations in which I would prefer a chatbot because I never considered that. I never thought about when would I prefer a chatbot. But the truth is, if a chatbot is able to answer all my questions, I would probably prefer that purely for the yes. sake that I know I'm not, I don't want to say wasting a human's time, but at the same time, if like an AI chatbot can answer questions for me, I'd much rather yeah. that the chatbot does it and then the human's, the human's able to focus on other things. And it's yes. kind of like self-service checkouts. 
And it's interesting yes. because so many yes. people or certainly older generations are very like reserved or don't like the idea of them from my experience. Yet younger generations and myself included, I mm. quite like self-service checkouts because it's easy to just go up, scan, sort out, you do your business. There's like, it's almost, yes. it's on you to just to get it done. So I yes. can, I can see a kind of parallel between those two, like human versus machine and like, which is your preference for which sort of situation? And I have never thought but, of it like that before. No, that's a good point. Actually, I remember about five, six years ago when I, the first time I interacted with this and uh, this self-checkout, I like to try new things and all that. So I was the first one to actually try it. But mm-hmm. I could see that this self-checkout was not yet ready. There were so many issues that I actually had to call that person attendant there many times to get my things done. But today's checkout scenarios are so much more better because they really and they really do the job pretty well. Uh, you may not be remembering when the ATMs first came to the world. <laughs> <I'm old laughs> I <man>. don't. <laughs> I'm afraid. <laughs> you have always seen an ATM in your life, but we have not, you know. So when the ATMs came, I could see that nobody wanted to actually talk to an ATM for their money matters. No way. (laughs) (laughs) They want to talk to a human to get their money uh, conversation going and draw money and do all that. Uh But look at today, meaning I would, you would rather drive up to an ATM, get your stuff done and get going. So ATM is like a, you you can think of ATM like a robot, right? Meaning which, which does, which does the job, which does the job, you know? Yeah. So, so, so that's that's where I'm coming from. That um, currently, uh, that area might be a little bit hazy about when to have a chatbot and when to have a human. But I think with the advancement in technologies of this natural language processing technologies, where the chatbot becomes more and more human-like, there will definitely be that transition where people will start to prefer a chatbot than an actual human. And I want to add another flavor on top of that. That is, as the chatbot start to understand emotions uh, as to, and respond according to that emotion, which we are actually technically trying to do right now, then it becomes much more relevant to you, to you as a user, you know? So again, experimentation is what makes a life so beautiful. Yeah. And you <laughs> kind of touched on it there, but I'd love to learn, know in a little bit more detail. And it's my last question to you. What do you think our future with chatbots will look like from 10 years from now? Yeah, I, I get that asked quite often. And um, I really think that it is here to stay, meaning as the ATM example I gave and the, and the self-checkout examples you gave, uh, those things are actually taking away uh, a lot of uh, meager work that humans do, you know, currently do, you know. So um, that way, a lot of self-service, a lot of all these activities that are actually happening on the website, all the transactions at the back end for okay right now we just kind of signed up a contract with um, another robotics automation company and with them we are doing some projects where the whole scenario of a customer engaging with this enterprise and the customer walking out of that uh, store of this enterprise would be completely automated uh, back to front everything meaning the lookups of the data, the analysis of the data, giving the response to that person, everything is automated. So, you know, so uh, uh, this automation, robotics, chatbots, they're all kind of in front of this wave that's going to, that that is there already and going to kind of take over everything else too. And it's nothing bad, meaning it's nothing bad when we used to have horse-driven carriages earlier and now we have cars. It, it's like that. It's just an evolution of technology. It doesn't mean that one sector of people who are working in that domain would 
not have jobs anymore no they will also kind of graduate themselves higher and they will start doing higher value jobs so it's nothing bad this how the nature of the world is and definitely this technologies are here to stay i completely agree it's it's nothing bad and i am very excited to see what comes from this this is a yeah. definitely exciting <laughs> time for ai chatbots dj if if people want to learn more about what you're doing or keep up to date with uh, the work that third eye data is doing how can they follow you how can they find you uh, very easy i have my website at thirdeyedata.io they can always reach us out there uh, and we also have the chatbot platform at syra s y r a a i they can always reach out out there and yeah i'm on twitter at dj das i'm on linkedin at dj das so yeah it's easy <laughs> fantastic thank you so much dj absolutely a pleasure talking to you thank you for the wonderful questions Once again, thank you to our sponsor Publicize. Visit their website if you want to find out more about their PR for growth packages, their free resources, or even schedule a call. And for a limited time only, exclusive to Brainspike back listeners, you can receive an SEO assessment as part of your package for any tier of service at no extra charge with this special promotion. To find out more, visit publicize.co/bbb. I hope you liked today's show and if you did like it and you want to subscribe you can go to Spotify, iTunes or anywhere you get your podcasts and you can follow us. You can also go to sociable.co and keep up with the work we're doing there. We publish many articles on topics just like this and you can find all our podcasts there as well. And we love to hear what you think and what you'd like us to cover for future episodes, so reach out to us at, at the @thesociable on Twitter. Enjoy the rest of your morning, day, night, whatever it is, and we hope you can join us again soon.